Welcome to Hour of Champions. I'm Steve Warner, former bond trader turned entrepreneur. In each episode, it is our goal to help people reclaim their courage by connecting them to their physical, mental, and spiritual greatness. Join us as we help reshape our stories and become the heroes of our own personal journey. Okay, welcome back to part two of the Jared Cott story. And I have my very close friend, Jared Cott here. Um, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. Even though I know the story, I can't wait to hear Jared tell it. Um, I've been asked by a lot of people recently, uh, uh, when is Jared coming back on to tell part two? He's left us on the edge of our seat. So Jared, last we left off, you were at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Your heart rate was in the 160s. I can feel mine beating right now, like out of my shirt. Um, that sounds like, uh, you know, being on the treadmill, running a full sprint, and you were just trying to make your way out of the Grand Canyon. So welcome back, my friend. Um, I can't wait to uh, hear how the physical, the mental and the spiritual twist to all of this plays out. I know they're there in some capacity because it couldn't happen without it. So I'm gonna hand it over to you. Thank you so much, Steve, for the introduction again and, uh, and for having me back. So why don't, why don't we just jump right in, right? So we left off and there was a beautiful, fun, exciting uh, descent down the canyon. And like I said in the last episode, we're gonna break this down into like thirds or eight mile chunks. So eight miles going down was fun. It was exciting. There was uh, all sorts of energy, great energy, great people. Um, and through that, that was, a, that was about a long time, about five, five hours to five, six hours to get down. And then as things flattened out, there was a spot, um, like a kind of a milestone marker, if you will, called Phantom Ranch. It's kind of one of those famous places down there. Um, I think that you've actually been there, sort of around that Colorado River uh, area. And I thought, man, when I get to that Phantom Ranch, I'm probably... I'm, I'm more than a third of the way done, and, and this is going to be phenomenal. So uh, as I'm trekking through, and now like the, the landscape is, is now flat. Um, for, for listeners out there who haven't done some hiking uh, or any kind of excursions like this, I sort of discounted the, the, the descent going down. Uh, but just imagine going down like, I don't know, five or six miles of stairs. It, it takes a toll on you. I was not ready for that. I thought that would be the easy part. As we flattened out, I began to, um, my stamina began to get um, less. Um, I was still excited. Uh, I didn't think that I was in any harm, but I could feel the, the wear and tear starting. And I could not wait to get there. And I'll tell you what, it, it just, every corner I came around, it wasn't there. And my mind began to play tricks on me. And I, I was, um, I was with a friend of mine, Lisa, and we were like, where is this place? Like we thought it was right here. When you get into a mindset where you think something is closer than it actually is. Um, for me, that, that started the mental piece, uh, of kind of not fog, but 
it mentally started to bother me. Where is this place? I, the energy shifted from excitement to, I just want to get here because I know it's a rest stop and I heard they have good lemonade. Um, and I just want to get there. Um, that's when it, that's when I first started to be like, Ooh, this is, this is, this is going to be a heck of a journey. Um, were, you, but I, were you struggling at that point? I wouldn't say struggling, but I, I was feel, you know, yeah, I would, I, I was feeling some, I was feeling different than going down. I knew that this was a big task to handle. Uh, at that time I had, I had zero um, compromise that I was going to get out. And remember, remember my, my original plan was to go one way, climb, go, go across, climb up, get out, spend the night, crash out next day, go back. Um, that was not what happened. So I get to Phantom Ranch um, and there was a group of, uh, let's just say 30 of us. And everybody kind of got to that, that spot check at different times, but most of us were within like an hour range of each other. So it felt amazing to sort of kind of sit, recharge. Um, I remember I changed some socks out, did some things there. I, I, I fueled up with some water. But I, I, I mentioned in the first episode, there's a really special, tons of special people. There's a really special guy and a dear friend of mine now through this journey, Tony, who checked on me. And um, I didn't really put two and two together, um, but he was like, you doing all right? You doing okay? And, and I was just sitting at this picnic table and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And he's like, make sure to watch your food intake, get some calories in you, make sure you're hydrated. And um, I don't know, you know, I'm not like super guru-y on all this reasons why, but um, I was told to take salt pills because that kind of keeps your hydration in, in, in high temperatures. So the temps at that time were about teetering right around a hundred. Um, and, and I kind of was feeling that. And I think, I, I don't think, I know that Tony knew something that I didn't know at that moment. Um, thank God he was there. So that was, uh, that was kind of the first stop at Phantom Ranch. And from there, it, it, the, the, the track really changes um, because it's flat, it's sandy, there's no um, rock for me. There's no, there's no place to hide in terms of the sun. Right. You are just in the middle of this ditch and the sun is beating down and your feet are heavy because you're walking through some sand and, you know, rock. And I, I don't believe for about six, five ish, maybe six ish miles, there are no prepared water sources. Right. So you, you, we, we I personally had a, a pack with uh, three liters um, all the experienced guys were like, listen, you need to make sure everybody, not just me, make sure that your, uh, water intake is high and you you have this plentiful and available for you. So now, uh, what I didn't realize was now, like I've got a little bit more weight on my back. Right. Um, so that made it a little bit tougher. And that is when I began to just, um, sort of overheat. Um, my heart rate started at this time, like at Phantom Ranch, let's just say like the peaks were in the one fifties. Uh, and I was just kind of gauging this quickly on a watch, but there would be kind of a peak and then a valley and a peak and a valley. So, well, there was no cause of concern. When I left Phantom Ranch, the, my heart rate was, it, it just stayed at one fifty nine, And 
you know, it, it just for anybody that's for for anybody that's never experienced a one fifty nine heart rate, that is like your heart at an all out sprint, an all yeah. out consistently. And and think about this, right? It was one fifty nine, and I get it. You know, it was hot, and 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 you know, you got you got backpack on. It's a little heavy, but it just didn't move. And for me, my my biggest fear, and I don't know if I addressed this in in, in the in the first episode, but my biggest fear was not getting stuck in the canyon. My biggest fear was I am not going to be the guy that shows up unprepared to drag the rest of the team crew down. And all of a sudden, I realized, holy shit, my worst nightmare, and this is a real thing for me, like this really bothered me throughout the train. Like you have to be ready. You cannot show up to this thing. And what I, how I framed it was, don't ruin anyone else's experiences by not being prepared. And again, Tony realized this. And, the, and this is where it got super real. As I was trekking down across the ditch, as I like to call it, uh, I see Tony. And he's an ultra runner. He's in great shape. He's experienced with this stuff. He wasn't walking. He was literally running full sprint the opposite way that I was walking. Right. So if I'm going north, he's full sprinting south and he had a, a white t-shirt and he was holding it um he was cupping it in his hand and he didn't really make like a, a like it wasn't a warm introduction like hey i'm worried about you he was like put this on your face and neck right now and we need to get you in the next river creek that we see um and that should be coming up in about 45 minutes you have to get in the creek. You have to submerge yourself in the creek to cool down. Um, and I said to him, I remember saying like, whoa, like, what do you, no, I don't, I don't want this. I, and he's like, it doesn't matter what you want. You need this. And that was sort of the turning point for me because I wanted, I don't, at that time, I really, really was bothered by accepting help. And now I have to accept this gift that this man was giving me. And then again, that mental peace started ticking. What is this experienced guy seeing that I don't know? Like, I understand my heartbeat's at 159, but like, it's not like I'm not going to get out of here. That was my thought. And I'll tell you, thank God that he was there. I, uh, I got to stop you for one second because that's so intuitive on his part. And having hiked the canyon several times and been to Phantom Ranch and along the way, um, the, the Colorado and and those creeks are all formed from runoff that that water's cold that yeah. water's like 38 39 degrees yeah. so it sounds to me like he knew and i don't i'm not going to ruin the you know that that would help to actually take the heart rate down and cool you off a bit and slow slow the rhythm down it's it's amazing yeah yeah you, you got it uh, believe me man he, him and many other people are there for a reason and that's uh we can talk about that towards the end but yeah uh that's that's my truth with that so um all right so so tony hooks me up with this water and i will tell you man although i felt i i i didn't i know now like looking back i know that i needed it i didn't really 
I can't say that I enjoyed it because of the feeling of like, why didn't everybody get one? Like, I'm no different than anybody else. Like, do I even deserve this thing? And that's some internal stuff that I've been working on since I got out of there that I'm dealing with. Um, but it helped me and it cooled me down. And I will tell you, it felt fantastic, but not nearly as fantastic as, uh, you know, call it a mile or two on continuing on this trek. And, and by the way, that, that wet shirt lasted maybe 12 minutes tops. And it was like kind of hard as a brick because everything dried out. So uh, when I got to the river, I was hanging, I was rolling with a guy named Albert, super cool guy. And he was, he was like, Hey, like so nonchalant, like, Hey, although I don't wait, your bag looks kind of heavy. I'd be happy to like help you with it. And I'm like, no, 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 dude, no, no, I'm good here. Uh, and he's like, all right, well, if you need anything, let me know. We get to the river and uh, he kind of walked me over, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like super difficult, but it wasn't like a, a right off the trail either. So I had to kind of do some hiking and, and I, and I he just said, take all the time you need. Um, at first, right. My feeling was, ah, oh, I know that I want to get here in this river and cool down and like take care of myself, but I don't want all these other guys to wait. And why aren't they in the river with me? Right. It was just this total mind mess. I get in the river, you know, um, I kind of, I, I, I stripped down, I lit, I laid there. It was, it was really cold, but man, did it feel amazing. And I felt rejuvenated, but I also felt that was some clarity for me. Um, and I spent about, I, I want to say 15 to 20 minutes by myself in that river. And I realized, I started thinking like, this is amazing. I'm, I'm like, I'm laying in a river Creek right now, cooling my body down. Like, this is amazing. I had moments of pure bliss and joy then. And then what happened was I said, wow, this is July 17th. This is, this is, this is 12 years to the day since my last drink. Like I'm, I'm meant to be here. I am meant to be here. There's a reason I'm here. Just like there's a reason Tony was there, Albert was there, Mark was there, all these guys. Um, I, I dried off, um, put my socks back on, and heart rate lower, and started to started to track track some more. Um, at this time, what I didn't realize was my feet weren't completely dry. My socks were, and I began to get some blisters. Ooh. And, um, you know, I wasn't really in the mindset of calculating how far do we have to go? How many hours is that? I was like, just keep moving. And um, I, I, after there's a, so there's a place called, you can look this up if you're bored and you want to Google it, but M Mantazia, I think we, we got there in summertime, right? Like the, it doesn't get dark till much later, but I took some notes. Um, that was six 30. And that's really where the incline begins. So the climb, the climb down was, um, six, 6,000 ish feet, right? The trek across was really hot. So now we're at the beginning of the hardest part of the journey and I'm exhausted. And I said to, uh, in my own mind, this is, this was probably, it was probably hours that I thought about this. I was like, am I going to be able to 
come back tomorrow because I'm like really banged up. And like now I'm starting to get blisters and my pace is getting super slow. Well, no, I told, I told everybody I was going to do it. So I need to do it. And this is all in my head. I wasn't vo voicing any of this. Um, finally, uh, the joke was on me because the guys were like, okay, listen, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you, uh, we're going to give you some like energy drinks and, and I'm not talking like Powerades and Gatorades. It's like some, some real nutrient stuff to try to build your energy up. Um, they told me I had to eat something. I didn't want to eat anything. I was hot. I was exhausted. Um, so I was force fed. I, uh, about 105 degree peanut butter and jelly. Um, and, and I was surrounded by guys that said, listen, it's going to take a while for all of us, but we're going to get out of here together. We started and we're going to finish together. And that gave me a real sense of peace. Um, it kind of for a little bit lowered, if you will, that noise of like, ah, I'm this guy like screwing up the whole journey for everyone. It, it began to make me feel good. But remember, while this feeling was going on, Steve, I'm sitting down. All right. I'm not moving. I don't realize that I have 8,000 feet beginning on the next few steps that I take. And I went from this place of like, yeah, yeah, man, we're in this. We're going to do this together to, uh, wow, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm, I am having a really hard time seeing myself be able to get out of here. And that was, that was, was, was within 30 minutes of beginning the climb up. So the, the ascend out, um, I didn't know how far it was. Um, I, I really didn't care. It was legitimately one foot in front of the other. And the entire rest of that time, which I, I believe it, I got out of there about one in the morning. So it was seven hours of a climb straight out that um, I had to stop every probably I think in my notes that I sent to you my like my blog was 15 minutes but it was more like five to seven it was a good run and uh and what was what was really like kind of special and cool was the guys would pick out like a, a flat rock right a couple would go ahead they'd see a rock they go this take a few minutes get your breath back keep going and then, uh, I don't know, nine o'clock, the sun began to go down, headlamps went on. And I, I remember as the sun was going down, looking up and I'm like, I, I can't even see the top. I can't see where I'm going. So how the hell am I gonna get out of here? And then my mind started messing again. And um, every step got harder. The heart rate began to elevate again. And my buddy Tony stopped and said, all right, listen, uh, let me get that. Let me take that pack from you. I, I, I want to say it was like 25, 30 pounds. Wow. It's significant. I'm way overpacked for that thing, by the way. Uh, way overpacked. I didn't use half the stuff in that bag. Um, but think about just throw a 30-pound pack on and, and just, you don't have to run it. Just walk up maybe 10 flight of stairs and, and see if it plays a role on your, your, you know, your heart rate and things like that to kind of give you an example of this. So he knew, um, 
he knew me well in that short period of time. And he knew that I wasn't going to give him the pack, right? Because I, I don't like asking for help. So what he said to me was, he didn't say, listen, if you don't give me the pack, we're not getting out of here. He said, let me have the pack. And I said, no, no, no. I came with the pack. I'm leaving with the pack. Enough. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, if you give me the pack, it will actually really help me because I've got a hundred mile race called the bear 100 in about two weeks from today. So this would actually help me train. And then after that, I'm going to Moab to run that. So just give me the pack. It's not for you. It's for me, man. And he caught me in this moment of like, all right, well, if I can help you, then of course I'm going to give you the pack. So he was carrying it was. I mean, he was masterful at this. Um, the guy saved my life. He was masterful. At this. Did so, you know a few questions here before, yeah. we, before we keep going? Um, I, I, and when I say keep going, keep climbing up. Number one, did you ever understand that your health was at and life was at risk? Um, so I'll, let me go I, one by one. The, the, the answer to that was... Um, I didn't, but thank God others did. You know, I remember, I remember my dad was very ill 20 years ago and, um, his heart rate was at about 160. He was in an induced coma. And I remember walking in the room and listening to the breathing and it was, <sighs> and I said to the doctor, how long could this go on? And he just looked at me and he said, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like, we're gonna yeah. We're going to try to get it down, you know, so I know what it sounds like at 160. It's huffing and puffing, huffing and puffing. You're working on overdrive as you're trying to keep your faculties together. I've also hiked out from Phantom Ranch on Bright Angel Trail through the canyon, and I'm not sure if that's the trail that you were on, doing the switchbacks on the eight-mile climb and walking for hours and looking and going did i get anywhere yeah <laughs> like, yeah you know like yeah like, yeah i literally just got chills when you said that because yeah you, and, yeah. I, and I, I was in my 20s i was in great shape going switch back switch back switch back switch back and looking up and going i don't know did i make any progress here you yeah. know so it, i know the feeling you're taking me back there um and and i didn't have a 30 pound pack on you know i I had a, a canteen with water in it. That was yeah. about it. And how heavy, what that 30 pound pack feels like when you're walking on flat ground, let alone switchbacks, let alone fighting for survival. So you're taking yeah. me to a place that's blowing my mind here. Um, for anybody that's listening, this is grueling. This is, it's not like getting on a Stairmaster with a backpack on. This is the Grand Canyon. Um, the ground is uneven. There's rock, there's little rocks that are twisting your limbs as you're taking every single step that are hurting your knees, your ankles. Um, it's, it's more friendly on the way out than it is on the way in, ironically enough, because you're walking up as opposed to down. And I know that aches and pains um, along the way and you're bringing back memories to me from 86, 87 and 88 because I did it three years in a row, but I did it the high class way. <laughs> the, uh, um, um, so uh, 
what were you were you were you ever thinking about like holy shit i might not make it out or so uh, yeah there was a uh, i was conf- i was confused um there was a so this wasn't like a a, a river bed where, where i where i started to feel this um there was there was a body of stagnant water okay and it was like kind of dusk. So if you can kind of visualize this, like it's dusk, it's dusty, it's hot. I'm exhausted. I can't even, I don't even know where I'm going. Uh, but I just know I have a really long way to go and it's a lot of majority is uphill. And I saw it was probably three inches and the guys all walked around it. And I said, Whoa, I see guys. Uh, uh, do you see any, like, do you see any like major, like health issues if I get in this and I, I don't remember all the responses but they were like I, I think stagnant water is like the least of your problems right now so if you feel like you need to get into stagnant water then do it and uh I did not I, I didn't like you know I didn't shed any clothing I didn't take my shoes off I just I literally plopped in stagnant water like if you imagine like making a snow angel I just laid like that um not only on my back, well, I didn't want to drink any of the water, but then I flipped over and laid on my stomach. Um, there was some jokes and laughs about that, but I knew like, dude, there's something wrong if I'm laying in stagnant water. But it's like, when you get to a point of uh, survival, it, it, it doesn't, none of that stuff matters. It's like, I'm grateful to actually have the ability to lay in this stagnant water. If I didn't have this, I don't know if I can get out. So now I messed up again because my feet are wet and my blisters are getting worse. But there's a spot on the north end. Um, uh, there's a tunnel. Okay. And I remember doing research before going out here and it's like the tsunami or something, something tunnel. It's, it's kind of a famous tunnel. I thought, okay, if I can get to the tunnel, then I'm like, I am home stretch. So we grew on, um, we get to the tunnel and I, and I don't remember exactly how it went, but that's where the serious switchbacks began. And, and I was like, all right, cool. Like we're, we're like, this is home stretch boys. Like I had a, I had a, I had a, like a, a rebound. Like I started feeling good again because I, now in my mind, I set it up like, holy shit, I'm, I'm going to get out of here alive. And now I know the end, right? So all this other time sitting in the unknown, I think that now I have the, the, the known part of how far the exit is. And I asked those guys, I said, how far are we? Do you think? And they're like, every one of them said, uh, it, it's, it's not too far, but like, it's, it's hard to say like, exactly. Like, let's just keep moving. They knew something I didn't know. And it was about four miles to the top, but four miles of switchback in the dark when you're gassed is like not all four miles are created equal, right? So one, uh, there's a guy, Peter, and he was running up these switchbacks and he's a, he was a, uh, he was a fireman and he would run up two or three switchbacks and he would run back and he'd go, all right, good news. We got like three or four left. And I'm like, holy shit. So I wouldn't like, I didn't have the energy to jog it, um, but I, we would count them out loud. We would take each step. 
And then shoot one. And we get to know two, three, four. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, what, what's going on? There's more of these things. And he go, well, let me go run up and check. And he go, we got like three or four more. What they were doing is they were, they were keeping me in the moment and not like, not to say like, dude, you realize you've got like 150 of these things. If they told me that I, I would have lost hope. I would have said, I'm, I'm out, man. They, they knew what they were doing. Like this was a, these were, these are, you know, and, and these are just, they're, they're good regular guys, but they understood the position that I was in. And they were like, we can't, we can't let them know how much more work there is. So that was super helpful. And I'm super grateful for all them. My pole broke. All right. I was using walking poles. All right. Walking sticks. And it, it, as I was, especially with the switchbacks and the incline, I mean, the amount of pressure and weight that I was putting on these things was literally what was keeping me able to keep one foot in front of the other. And I broke my right hand pole uh, and I was like, holy shit, what am I? Whoa, whoa. I said, God, I broke my pole. And Tony was like, give me that thing. And he like MacGyvered something. He was like, don't put a ton of pressure on that side. Use the other side, but don't break the other one. Or we're we're, we're going to have an issue. Um, so I had a broken pole. I'm exhausted. Every turn on the switchback, I'm like, is this it? And then where, where it got very dangerous for me, both mentally and physically, was when I actually began to feel like, we are making so much progress. This is the end. There was like one of the worst mind tricks the Canyon ever played on me because we began to descend, meaning going down after we just made all this game, we went down for about 35 to 45 minutes. And I thought to myself, you've got to be kidding me because common sense tells me if I go down, but my exit is up, that means all of that excruciating work didn't add up to anything. And that's where I began to feel mentally um, not exhausted, just deflated. I became angry. I wanted to, I negotiated every five minutes with these guys. I said, listen, you guys, the cat's out of the bag. I'm not going back tomorrow. And they all started laughing. <laughs> we, we, we knew that when you were at Phantom Ranch, you're just figuring out that now. So I said, listen, guys, you seriously, I'm fine. I said, you've got to go without me because I'm, I'm, I'm done, man. I'm going to sleep here and it's dark. And I just, all I really need is rest. And they were like, no, dude, you are not staying here. So take the time that you need. And then what was happening was when I took the time I need, I would get that little bit of energy back. But then inside of me, I had this same feeling of I'm the guy that's ruining everyone's trip here. So I had this mental pain. I had this physical pain. And I had no understanding when the hell I was getting out of there. And then I got kind of pissed at, at some of the guys. So I was like, you know, an hour ago, you said there was there were six. And then there was eight. And now we're not now we're like lower than where we almost started. When the hell are we getting out of here? And I freaked. And they're like, <laughs> it's going to be some time. We're going to go. Um and that same thing of going five minutes, stopping 10, went on for three and a half hours. And there was a point sometime at like 12.45 a.m. that I 
actually started i i it wasn't stars it wasn't a hallucination i literally saw a car i saw lights which meant oh my god i can i can now see the top of a trailhead this okay i i actually now i believe that we're all going to get out of here and in that that alone took about an hour from seeing the lights to go what, what looked like it'd be like 10 minutes we're out of here it took an hour busted bowl, struggling. All the while, I was wobbling, Steve. I mean, I, I had the busted pole. Thank God I had poles to hold me up. But my, my physical exhaustion and my, my um, they're called hip flexors. I learned that. Um, they were so out of whack that I couldn't, couldn't stand straight. So I had, I had, you know, they kind of did shifts. And, like, one guy would stay on the right of me, one guy would stay on the right. And I literally would, would – wobble and a hand of either tony mark peter darius would would pop on each side of me and hold me up and uh i'll never forget that and then we we got to the we got to the top of this thing together and tony looked at me and goes take the last step out and we exit alive together and it was absolutely the best experience I've ever had in my entire life. Friendships, lessons, limits that I thought I could never do. Um, and I'll tell you what, that experience has changed my life. And I, I like to call it extra innings. Remind us, uh, 90 days before the, the journey, what was your weight? So I, I got the call. I got the invite. I was 287. And you lost 40 pounds roughly or something like that? Yeah, 40, 45 pounds. Yeah, so I went into, I went into the canyon like 245, something like that, 247. And, and, and today you are? Uh, today I'm in the 230s. I got as low as 217. Um, but my body's changing. And, you know, there's That's some fantastic. muscle mass and – stuff like that that wasn't there and uh you guys don't get to see this handsome dude who i knew when he was 285 who looks like a completely different human being and i got i have a few questions for you here okay yeah please um you know that my whole life revolves around the the the, the fitness mindset and spiritual piece so for you know, as you're describing the journey here, I see the spiritual piece like like crystal clear. I could tell you that when I was in the canyon, if I was struggling, the guys that I was with would have had no clue how to maneuver me through it because none of us had ever experienced it. So, um, you know, the universe definitely put the right team together for you of experienced guys that knew how to, in a kind of biblical since shepherd you through this this journey and it might not sound any I can, I can only tell people that are listening being 245 pounds being exhausted having a 30 pound backpack on being on a trail in the grand canyon in intense heat and then turning to darkness and having to completely shift your whole way of thinking i i the the amount of energy that takes to stay on that journey is incomprehensible i know that for sure yeah um, incomprehensible the, the 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 soreness the pain the blisters 
the ups and downs, the euphoria, the 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 waiting in the in the cold water, the the highs and the lows are just the 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 mental game and the physical game and the spiritual game all converging. Are this is like this journey is crazy, 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 crazy. If you if you looked at it just from a time perspective, it was over 21 hours from the start to the finish. You know, like it's a long time, man. It's a long, it's a long time. time. What would you what would you tell people that question spirituality after this journey? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> it's a great question. I mean, I I have absolutely no doubt um, <laughs> that spirituality is is it's, it's here for everyone, right? I, th I think the, the people that can tap into it, one are aware, right? And an awareness could be as simple as his story. Why did I get a call from a friend of mine that so there's a journey to be invited to? The date is the same date, which is the last day of my drink, right? Significant date. Yeah. Why would, why would a guy like Tony, who I've never met, even show up, right? Why would I say yes to this? Um, you know, I, I think that it, it's it's all around us. It was also a full moon that night, uh, which is which was beautiful. And uh, I, I think it's important to kind of tie this in a little bit. Um, uh, the, a moon a moon's very spiritual in in my personal life. With my significant other Erica, um, her her dad is has passed about twenty years, and she's worked with some mediums and stuff. And these moons moon cards constantly come up, and uh, I actually said to her, and I, I I regret saying this to her, but I jokingly said to her when I left, "Hey, if you don't hear from me after like twelve hours or so, there's a problem. Send the authorities." Well. 21, 22 hours go by and guess what? She hasn't heard from me. And then there's no cell service, right? She's freaking out. She can't get a hold of me. Um, so spirituality, I think her dad was also looking out for me. That's why it was a full moon. Now that's a choice that I choose to believe. It makes me feel good. Um, and here's the other thing. Nobody can tell me different. It's my decision to believe. So if you say to me, oh, Jared, that's a bunch of shit. That's okay. It's not about what you think, man. It's about what it means to me. And that's the beauty of it. It's here for all of us. Yep, it all makes sense. And, and by the way, when you look up at the sky and you're in the Grand Canyon at night, the stars are the size of the moon. <laughs> it is yeah. so light and beautiful. It's crazy, right? Sure is. I mean, it's like a guiding force. Yeah, it is. I mean, a, a lot of this journey, right? If you think about it, it, it's everything that that you teach and talk about and, and really represents the hour of champions, right? You've got this journey was physical. This journey was mental. You know, this journey was spiritual. And, you know, the, these are things now... Um, that I, I take very seriously. I'm, I'm working very hard on, on, on implementing all of them. All right. In my past, I, I would, um, and it's just the way I'm wired. I don't know if any of the listeners are the same way, but 
Uh, God bless you if you are, but I'm an all or nothing guy. So it's like, if I'm going to focus on physical aspects, that's all I'm doing. Like the spiritual stuff slowly gets pushed to the backside, right? If I'm working on spiritual stuff, well, now I can't be focusing on that, on that physical or mental piece. What I'm working on now is all of them. All of the things that you talk about, like it's almost like a three-legged chair, right? It's synchronicity is so powerful. Yeah, it is, and it's so. It's so. The irony is, your journey in example. It's exemplified in a journey through the Grand Canyon. Other people's, it's exerting. It's it's um, exemplified in a journey through a business crisis, perhaps, sure. where everything has to come. You know, you're staying up for days trying to figure out how to make payroll, how to, how to keep your business afloat. And there's this mental, physical, and, and it, it, you know, it's pretty crazy how we, you know, the cliche, no atheist in foxholes, when things get dicey, how we all put our hands together and pray, no matter what, right? you know? So tell us, are you going to do it again? All right. So here's the deal. Since I exited there, um, uh, on the on the on the seventeenth, well, eighteenth of July, um, I've been I've been focusing on those three categories, right? Physical, mental, and spiritual. And I've I've gone from uh, and it, it, not not the the weight is not my goal, right? It's just sort of one of those factors that happens when you move more than you when I did before. So I'm dropping weight, which is cool. But I got to tell you. I've worked really hard at this. I began to, I began to run, um, about a week. It took me, a, it took me a really, it took me seven to 10 days to sort of recover. There was a lot of lactic acid in my legs and, you know, the airports walking through the airports were grueling, but anyways, 10 days after I got back, I said, I can't, I can't waste this experience. I need to use this and go all in as like, this is the beginning of momentum and momentum is really hard to create, man. So I was like, I'm not letting this go. So I began to, my goal was like, I'm going to run a 5k every day, twice a day for 75 days. Like that, I'm going to do this. So I, I, I went out, um, I went out and I started this and I could not run. Um, I couldn't run Steve a full mile. I ran about 0.6 miles. Um, but what I did decide was, okay, if I can't run it, then I, I just need to finish it. Just like the Canyon, right? Now I didn't do it in 12 hours. It took me close to 22, but you know what? I got out and I got out alive. This is the same concept that I carried over with the 5k goal, run it. The actual action didn't happen. So my first one was about 16 minute pace miles, which was like a little bit of a run walk. Fast forward 75 days on that 75th day, I walked, uh, by design, I walked a, a 5k, which is 3.1 miles in the morning. And then as my endurance built up, I, I ran a, I ran a half marathon. That was October 8th. Okay. You want to hear about spirituality? I, all the while I was keeping in touch with these guys in the Canyon. So I said to Tony, I said, yo, I said, why don't we get together on October 8th? Cause I, you know, I've been do running and stuff. And I'd love to finish this run with you. And he said to me, man, I would love to do that with you. But guess what? The day that you're finishing 70, your 75 day journey with this is the same day that I'm going to Moab. So he goes, 
I'm going to be doing stuff. You're going to be doing stuff and we'll hook up after. Coincidence? I think not. Um, so that I've kind of worked on the running. Um, I got as far as uh, 15.7 miles was my, has been my longest run. Whoa. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, I got, you know, in summer and water weight, I got as low as 217 pounds, but my goal here is not weight. It, it's endurance. And here's why I'm building this up. Tony and I are going back to the Grand Canyon and we're going to go back in 2022 and we're going to go, <clears throat> we're going to go from where we started on the South Rim to the North Rim. Okay. I'm going to care. I might actually carry his pack if he allows me this time. Spoiler yeah. alert. Um, but instead of staying over, we're going to touch where I exited. We're going to turn around and go back. And that whole thing is 52 miles. We're going to do it by design. I'm going to be prepared. We're going to have a, we're going to have a great, great reconnection, um, in 2022 doing this. So that, that's my plan. That's what I'm doing with this journey. Can't wait to hear about it afterwards. And I have no doubt that you'll be prepared and that it'll be the journey of a lifetime. And it'll just be another piece of this amazing story. Thank yeah. you for sharing this uh, uh, this crazy spiritual, physical, and mental journey that really does tie into what I believe in. And um, if I wasn't such a wimp, I'd come and do it with you. But uh, I'll be on to other things myself, other challenges always. We'll figure something out, Steve. This is uh, it's always good catching up with you. Thanks so much for having me on, and. Uh, you know, for all the listeners, keep, you know, subscribe to this guy's podcast, hit him up on the Facebook. Steve's doing some amazing things. It's been a huge help for me along this journey. So thanks again, Steve, for having me on. Right back at you, kid. Always a pleasure. Love you, man. Love you too, bro.